0: Hello, I'm Julian Warricker, and thank you for downloading BBC Radio Any Answers, the sister programme to Any Questions. And a very good afternoon to you. Welcome to this specially extended edition of Any Answers, extended because of events in Syria overnight. It's very interesting to prepare for this programme when something so significant has taken place between uh, the Any Questions that was originally aired on Friday uh, and, of course, uh, the one you've just heard. Uh, And I've just been handed this tweet that Donald Trump has aired in the last few moments. A perfectly executed strike last night. Thank you to France and the United Kingdom for their wisdom and the power of their fine military could not have had a better result. Mission accomplished, the words of the US president via Twitter in the last few minutes. Of course, earlier, the prime minister described what happened as limited and targeted strikes, She says they have degraded Syria's ability to use chemical weapons and she added this, the international community will not stand by and tolerate the use of chemical weapons. So this is your chance to offer your thoughts on what's happened. Do you support the Prime Minister? Will the attacks send the signal that she wants it to send? Was she right to take the action without recalling Parliament? Which is a particularly interesting question in the light of the thrust of last night's debate, of course, which focused on that issue prior to the attacks happening what are the question marks over its legality, you've heard that being questioned in various quarters today uh, Jeremy Corbyn among those to question the legality, I wouldn't go any, any further than that, also question marks over what actually happened in Duma a week ago, you'll have heard Peter Hitchens observations on that subject what are the likely Russian reaction and the wider picture in the Middle East all that to consider and plenty more as well, 03700 one hundred four four four. that's the phone number. The lines you will not be surprised to hear are busy. If you want to email, it's any.answers at bbc.co.uk or you can tweet using the hashtag BBCAQ and I am with you until just before the three o'clock news so you have a little bit more time to air your views. Uh, the phone lines, though, as I say, are busy. Let's kick off with Nikki Prince in Carston, Norfolk. Nicky, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon.
0: What do you think of what has happened overnight?
1: Well, we are a military family, so perhaps people may think I'm biased, but I do support Theresa May wholeheartedly. I mean, time is of the essence, and should she wait for Parliament to reconvene, um, the opposition from different ministers, such as Kenneth Clark and Vince Cable, could delay the whole situation even more. And you do not inform anybody what your actual actions are going to be. So she really went in. Two o'clock this morning, I believe. Um,
0: it was two o'clock this morning,
1: yes. Yes, I think it was, yes. So, you, you know, the element of surprise is crucial. Um, people are talking about Iraq. Well, Iraq was an entirely different thing. I mean, we were lied to. My own son took part in that campaign. We believed wholeheartedly what Bush and Blair said, and it was a lie. We found that out later. That was a great shame, but many lies were lost, uh, this lie. So this is a entirely different thing. We have seen our screens and they have said it's been staged various people have said it's been staged that's absolute nonsense
0: well how do you how do you know it's an absolute nonsense because that's that's the key to all this isn't it? it it's what we know as opposed to what we suspect or have good reasons for believing
1: okay and how are you going to get children to act these parts I mean how would you think that they act in, in, in parts in this staged in quotes how, how would you expect them to i mean It was obvious that they weren't acting. I mean, the the panic was there for all to see.
0: Can I put to you what this um, Twitter contributor has just offered up? The only time the Prime Minister should use prerogative powers Mm. to commit UK troops, and this comes from Beardy Bill, is if there is an immediate threat to the UK, any other circumstance should be agreed by Parliament first.
1: Well, I think this is a fairly new thing, but at one time, um, I'm not quite sure... Um, the Prime Minister, the buck stopped there and if the Prime Minister took a decision to go ahead, they did. And the legalities are being questioned by the likes of Jeremy Corbyn, well I'm not surprised at that. Further delays. Further be- we-
0: but that's democracy isn't it?
1: It is democracy but you're talking about a very serious situation which could well hit us. I mean, we are talking about chemical warfare, which has already been seen in this country as you know. Who was responsible is debatable, but I think we all know that. Um, So, really, it has to be stopped. It is against the Geneva Conventions, but these people don't recognise the Geneva Conventions and have no... uh, They just don't bother to actually... They just go ahead. Let me
0: me me come back to something you've just said, because I think most most people would agree with it has to be stopped. Clearly, chemical warfare is horrific, and I doubt anybody would argue with that. It's a question, really as to whether this specific action will help the process of stopping it. And that is where the debate seems to be. So how do you deal with that specific point?
1: Well, I'm not a political animal, but I would say that actually um, I should think they've done their homework very well, the French and the English and the Americans, and they know where these chemical weapons are being manufactured. I think we probably know far less than the, the people who are involved in this, the three countries, and also if they they are bombing the factories where these um, ghastly chemical weapons are being um, manufactured. So I think it's a start. I mean, does the whole world have to stand by and watch these people being killed by chemical warfare?
0: Nikki, I'm going to say thank you and move on, because, as I mentioned, the the lines are busy. Cynthia Matthews in Guildford in Surrey is next, and I think you might be disagreeing with our first caller. Cynthia, what do you say?
2: I certainly do. I do not think our Prime Minister has any right to take action which could lead to a Third World War, even a nuclear war, destruction of the world. I'm not exaggerating as sensible people, I know, would agree. Um, She should be obliged to go back to Parliament now, even though she has given an order to bomb or agreed, to go in with the Americans and the French. I am shocked at the French joining in. I deplore the fact that the President of the United States has obviously rejoiced in what has happened here. Mission
0: accomplished, he said.
2: He said. And I really think he could could have said... Possible destruction of the world may be accomplished.
0: Okay, well, I get where you're coming from very clearly, but let me go back to you on the point that was made by our first caller about the use of chemical weapons, the horrific scenes that we've seen video footage of coming out of Duma. What do you do to try and stop that happening?
2: Well, I would say you do certainly do not bomb that area.
0: Right, but what do you do rather than what you don't do?
2: Well, I think if you know an area is able or you have a strong suspicion is actually manufacturing or able to manufacture chemical weapons or any kind, you certainly do not bomb that area. I mean, it seems to me that you could release into the atmosphere the very thing that you are suggesting you are preventing. It seems absolute nonsense. But then so, so if enough. you don't
0: if you don't target the places where these things are being produced, how do you stop them being used?
2: Well, I think we follow Jeremy Corbyn's line, which is to engage the United Nations. I know that seems very difficult and not doing very well at the moment, but we preach peace throughout the world. We get round a table and talk. We have to explain to the Muslims that, yes, we know they want their own country, but they must learn to live with others, as we do here. OK, we Cynthia, have all nations here. thank you
0: very much for the call. I'm just reading some further uh, Twitter correspondence. So dropping explosive cannabis containing poisonous chemicals onto urban areas is a war crime, says Luke. But dropping high explosives onto urban stockpiles of poisons is safe, wise, and not at all like setting off chemical weapons? He raises that as a question, perhaps echoing what you've just heard from Cynthia. Where is the evidence, says David, just because you see it on television is no proof. There is strong evidence, he says, that it was staged. A reference, I'm assuming, to what we saw by way of the uh, uh, alleged chemical attack in Douma. Um, this, another from Oxford, I was in the audience in Oxford, says Tova and wanted more military strikes than this. Three targets in Syria is gesture politics. It will make no difference. I only hope the USA sends in the military again and soon. Uh, Mohammed's in Bradford. Mohammed, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. You are from Syria, I'm reading here. Yeah. yeah, I am. So tell me what you think about the events overnight.
3: Well, you know, first of all, I would just want to say that I'm really appalled by the people who suggest that it's a fake attack. It's not only enough that we are actually dying And we, you know, like children are losing their life. And we're still, you know, hearing like people even ignoring that this is even happened. But, you know, with regards to the, you know, what happened yesterday, I'm fully supporting of an intervention in Syria. In fact, I would really would love that this intervention has happened in 2013. Probably today we would not be standing here counting another chemical attack and just losing so many more lives in the... So when that, parliamentary,
0: when that parliamentary vote happened in 2013, which I think you're referring to when David Cameron yes. was advocating some sort of military action and Parliament voted him down, you think that was a big mistake?
3: Yes, definitely. Well, we can see it now. You know, how many chemical attacks after that happened? How many you know, millions of Syrian refugees had to come to flee to Turkey, to Lebanon, to, uh, to Europe as a result of this war? You know, if we have stopped this early on, it would not have happened, you know. We would not have talked about it now. We would not be discussing this now if that had happened in 2013.
0: Right. Uh, so tell me, what do you think ought to happen now, given that the, we've have had these strikes, and you are saying that they're a good thing? What should be happening as a result of these strikes taking place?
3: Well, what I would want to say, actually, I'm I'm happy with the intervention in Syria. However, I'm not happy with what it you know went or the way it's conducted. You know, just three strikes on, you know, three military bases, that's not enough. You know, we have tried that in last year. Well, Trump tried that last year. And what was the result of that? It's nothing. You know, Assad knows that that's kind of, you know, just giving him almost a green line. It's just a slight slab on the hand to say, just do it, don't do it again, or do it slightly so we don't get it into media and we don't have to repeat it again. Mm. But the evidence for that, it just happened again this year. What we need is like a comprehensive solution to it putting a real pressure on Assad and saying either you stop killing Syrian people using barrel bombs, using uh, white phosphorus, using napalm, using uh, chemical weapons, or we are going to, you know, take serious action.
0: Right, Uh, well that's where I wanted to stop you. Uh, uh, Bear with me a second. You said, or we take serious action. Now what does serious action mean in that context? Because that's very important to your argument, isn't it?
3: You know, what we are advocating is like whenever you speak to any Syrians, first of all, what Not all Syrians, Mohammed.
0: you'd acknowledge, presumably not every not every Syrian takes your view of this.
3: Yeah, well, I I would claim that, you know, most of the Syrians will agree with me. But, you know, I will definitely see that, you know, (laughs) there will be some who are not. But uh, what I would say is actually Syrians would, well, at least I would like to see, uh, you know, the military air um, capabilities of the Assad regime being stopped because this right. is the main cause of death in Syria. Okay. Barrel bomb—it's you know the strikes, the aerial strikes. I wanted you uh, to—I wanted you to get, get to
0: that. Time. I wanted you to get to that stage because then I'm bound to say to you, okay, let let's say for sake of argument, that what you have just advocated is what happens. So then, what what do the Russians do? What do the Iranians do? What do the Turks do? Then it gets very very messy indeed, and references to. World War Three come to mind, don't they?
3: Yeah, but that's that's exactly what I'm trying to say. It should not be only military. It should be as well within, a, you know, big political pressure coming with it. So we should really be sitting with the Russian and saying, look, this is, you know, this is the end of it. Because when we actually just did nothing last year and we didn't really, you know, like uh, tell the Russians anything, we just only formed Assad one base or two bases for Assad last time. What happened? Well the Russian used chemical weapons on our land. So that is we think of something happening in Syria. It's not going to affect us. Well guess what? It has affected us. It has happened on our land. You're making reference even to events in
0: Salisbury okay. there, yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So
3: you know what you know, so we think that this is actually not going to affect you. But all the dictators now on the world are watching what's happening in Syria and learning from it. If you have a uprising now in your country next time, what you should do? Use chemical weapons. That's an effective way of stopping it. That will mean there will be more chemical weapons around the world, and that will mean it will be used around the world more
0: often. I appreciate your call. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, Some of your emails, just a quick thought, says Peter Owen, for those who rushed to criticise the Prime Minister's decision to join France and the US in last night's action, if we had not joined them, how much longer would you expect the UK to enjoy the support of other Western countries? The UK has been the target of the first chemical weapon attack since World War II, a reference, I assume, to Salisbury. Mike Foster in Oban agrees, I wish our pompous Parliamentary prats, as he puts it, uh, would get off their high horses. Governments are elected to do what they need to do, which is why in 1939 the then-government declared war on Germany with no parliamentary consultation. On the other side of the argument, Barbin Tyneside says hasn't the West learned anything... From becoming embroiled in Islamic wars. They are not democracies. We know from bitter experience that when they aren't attacking their own people, their own people are attacking the West. We should leave them to it and keep out of their affairs. Uh, Christine writes I cannot believe Theresa May's arrogance in ploughing ahead with bombing Syria without even recalling Parliament or waiting until Monday when the recess will be over. And just on that, Theresa May, we're anticipating, will make a statement to Parliament on Monday. Has she learned nothing from the hawkish actions of previous Prime Ministers and the loss of life and mayhem their similar rash actions have caused? She concludes, the last thing this country should be doing now is to follow the ill-considered ideas of Donald Trump. This will not cover you in glory, Mrs May, Quite the reverse. Uh, Mark is in Manchester. Mark Norbury. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Mayor. What's your point here?
4: Yeah, the thing is uh, about Assad is uh, potentially could have been the best friend. Well, ever had. Um, there are several minority groups that are in Syria, and as um, Assad, like you know, if the uh, Sunnis and I said were in, uh, and the ISIS were in power they would more than happily wipe out the minority groups. Uh, The thing is, the um, Alawites and the Christians tend to live in the mountains because of all the trouble they've had in the past, you know, with the uh, majority group, um, you know, basically persecuting the uh, Christians and Alawites. They don't actually see the Alawites as uh, Muslims, and therefore they're more than happy to see them completely out of Syria.
0: Right. Um, How does this inform your view of the rights and wrongs of the military strike last night?
4: Well, uh, to me it's completely wrong. It it smacks off the rebels uh, trying to stage something to get the Americans and the Brits and the French involved. Why
0: why, why do you seem so certain of that?
4: Well, uh, Assad was on the verge of taking over what was left of Ghouta. Uh, and the thing is,
0: well, he's done that, you now. know.
4: Yeah, he, he didn't need to use the chemical weapons. The only thing the chemical weapons do would do is uh, raise the, uh, you know, raise a problem with the Americans and the West. You know, the, there was no need for them to use any chemical weapons.
0: So you don't you think know? that that you don't think those chemical weapons were uh, fired by President Assad or his forces.
4: No, really not. There's no reason for him to do that.
0: And you don't think you that, that no. he's done that at any point during this conflict?
4: I'm not saying whether he has or not, but uh, certainly in that occasion, right. You know, when a military has is, is nearly won the battle, uh, what would be the point? But
0: that's an important distinction, isn't it? Because clearly the issue, we're told the issue about last night's strikes, is to do with the yep. use of chemical weapons and how that is some sort of red line, as famously President Obama referred to it, and then didn't, uh, amidst much criticism, act upon it. If if chemical weapons and their use is a red line, then whenever he used them, there needs to be some sort of consequence, doesn't there?
4: Which would have been before, but um, more or less nothing happened, you know, and, and, and the last time, you know, so...
0: Okay, Mark, I'm going to leave it there because the line's a bit dicey and I want to take some more calls. Thank you very much for that. Um, Shouldn't may have to consult Parliament. Isn't that democracy? Says Paul Kent. No democracy is the voting in of a premiership who we give permission to, to take action on behalf of the country. Uh, Martin says, now we are the world's unauthorised policemen. What was it that meant it could not wait until Parliament had debated? It has the smack of distraction from serious home-based issues, of which there are plenty. Craig Thompson's in Suffolk. Craig, good afternoon. Go ahead.
5: Good afternoon. Um, to me, I mean, I'm, I'm only 25. I don't, I'm not the oldest you know, person out there. But to me, it very much smacks of the League of Nations, Italy and Abyssinia. Um, you know, the League of Nations being the UN now and Syria, Assad being Italy and its own people being Abyssinia. The League of Nations kept drawing lines and saying, no, 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 putting in sanctions in place, um... And nothing happened. Um, It wasn't until 1941 when the Allies went into Abyssinia to liberate it that anything happened. Um, You know, a previous message has talked about 1939, um, Mm. you know, about going for Parliament. Well, they didn't then. Well, you know, there were plenty of lines drawn then. Plenty of discussion in Parliament, and it all came down to we have to draw the line, and that's what Theresa May's done, and I'm, I'm very much behind
0: her. Right. Oh, so so in your words, she's drawn the line. Drawn the line. But, but what yeah. does that actually achieve?
5: Well, it, it means that it just puts a thought into Assad and um, those in the in the Assad regime's head that they have to think twice about further action using chemical weapons.
0: Well, that's all very um, well until you look back to other events where that exactly the same thing happened and it didn't appear to put that into his mind.
5: No, no, and it hasn't so far. And, you know, this whole idea of limited strikes, while I agree with it, it's the way of modern warfare, we have to put more pressure on. Um, you know, people talk about more sanctions, etc. But until we start really hitting his military hard, that's going to start taking away his power um, in a... In a Sort of civil war circumstance and yes he's got the the hand of Russia um, to his aid but if it keeps going the UN will be uh, eventually hopefully catch up and um, change its view and actually start taking action
0: itself. Let me read this to you Di sends this email. I want to beg Mrs May to remember why the Cold War did not become a hot war because there was enough fear on both sides of the terrible consequences of war with nuclear and sophisticated weapons we her people in Britain now have to live in fear that Russia might retaliate. How many civilians, including children, she writes, might have been killed or injured in these strikes, some of which were in Damascus. Obviously, we don't know the answer to that question, whether Mm -hmm. any civilians did die at this point. Uh, She concludes, I hope she can be more conciliatory with the Russians and Syrians for the sake of peace for us and our children. That was Di's email. What would you say to Di if she was here now?
5: I I would say to, you know, respond to that with the fact that, um, you know, countless dozens of women, men and children have all been killed by the chemical weapons. The whole point of limited strikes is that you limit any possible casualties regardless of whether they're military or civilian. You know, obviously, the military's aim is to limit civilian casualties. Um, And yes, I can remember when I first woke up this morning, there was a question of... um, three or four civilian casualties being killed in said strikes. Those three and four, the numbers, it's a necessary evil, really. Um, It's warfare. Um, It's a sad fact that the modern world has warfare, and it's a constant. And modern warfare almost always entails civilian casualties. I'm just reading that. There
0: There were initial reports that three civilians had been injured in Homs. That's what I've got in front of me here. I don't know whether that's gone beyond that since then.
5: No, no, I I haven't heard anything since myself either listening to the radio. Um, But they're injuries, and when you take into account three possible injuries with civilians, Hmm. you just have to then think, well, compared to the huge destruction and the just mass killing, blanket killing, of men, women and children that those chemical weapons could take effect on um, compared to those few, I, I think it completely outweighs. And Theresa May's initiative to go ahead and not wait and not hang around for um parliament not give anyone uh, a heads up almost of what may happen mm. it it's allowed action to be taken okay. and hopefully be much more
0: effective one more on that even yep. though she does not lead a majority government
5: Yep. well you know at, at the end of the day i think one one reason why i'm glad she actually took her own initiative is because i i'm just, i would be very fearful of people such as jeremy corbyn and others in the opposition using it as an opportunity for political point scoring. Mm, but right. that's the not, the,
0: that's the, not the point I'm getting at. If if you're referring to yourself uh, as being in a position because you have a, a position of authority, and clearly if you're the Prime Minister you do by definition, yeah. but if you weren't elected uh, as the leader of a majority government, um, which she was not because of the election she called last year, does that not weaken to an extent how she can wield power in these kinds of very special circumstances?
5: I think at the end of the day, yes, you know, her authority may be lessened because of the mon- minority government. However, at, you know, at the same time, the buck still stops with her. She is still our prime minister regardless, and she still has that accountability. She made the decision, and at the end of the day, that, that's how our government has okay. turned out after uh, the last election.
0: Thank you, Craig. Uh, Martin Farrell says, in 1954, Churchill said, to George, your is always better than to war. War, this wisdom is as relevant now as it was 64 years ago. On the other side of the argument, Colin Hill says, thank goodness our Prime Minister made the decision, fully support our action on behalf of this country. And I think Peter Owen in Suffolk, you do too, Peter. Go ahead, good afternoon. Hello. Your point um, here.
6: Well, my point, my point really is, I mean, talking about Theresa May's authority, really, and uh, to, to some extent... Um, after the uh, Salisbury attack, um, she garnered a lot of support from the, from the West. And I think um, there is a demonstration there, perhaps, that she uh, does have some uh, authority and speaks from a position where she appears, although we, the public, don't know all the details, she appears to have uh, a lot of very good intelligence on her side. Um, and, I mean, the point is, I wanted to, to make uh, has, has, to some extent, al- already been made. Let me go uh, back
0: to you um, on the intelligence for a moment, if I may. You you say yeah. she she appears to have a lot of good intelligence on her side, uh, and you trust that, do you? Because you'll be only too well aware that in the light of the events of the last 15 years or so, there are quite a lot of people who no longer trust the intelligence in the way that they once did.
6: Yes, I understand that, and um, and I think, with um, particular reference to Mr Blair and the... Mm. Way, way that he ignored two and a half million people marching up and down Whitehall. I'll be the I'll be the first to join the march if it turns out that this, that this has been um, an unintelligent attack. Oh, that's interesting. That way. <laughs> yes. So if if you find um, out
0: more and it's not as so you as you expected it, you w- you will change your mind?
6: Yes, I would, um, because because you know very clearly um, that was a mistake back then to uh, to go into Iraq. But I think I think the fact that um, that she has garnered so much support from a very wide um, number of countries, okay, in the West, um, means that uh, that she's told them things that she hasn't told the general public, and that and they have then supported her, um, virtually to a man. I mean, it's it's remarkable the amount. Mm. It is un- almost unprecedented uh, since the Second World War. For. Uh, certainly a UK Prime Minister to get so much support that okay. every, every country in the world through a Russian diplomat out or two. Uh,
0: Peter, stay there. I want to bring another voice in. Uh, it won't be one that agrees with you, but it's always interesting to put two on together and see what happens. Margaret Forbes is on the line. Hello, Margaret. Hello,
7: hello um, there. Y-
0: you just heard Peter's point. What do you say?
7: Well, what I say is I'm disgusted at um, Theresa May doing this without bringing back uh, the MPs to debate it. First of all, um, USA dropped chemical weapons in Vietnam called Agent Orange. Did anybody say anything about that? No. The hypocrisy coming from the White House is unbelievable. And Theresa May has no right to attack any country who is not attacking us. Now, I'm not saying Putin's actions or Syria's are good. But it's not up to us to interfere. The, the biggest threat to world peace is America's aggressive, militaristic, imperialistic foreign policy, attacking every country under the sun. If they, oh, I, I don't even know why they do it. Well, I do know why they do it. It's because of money.
0: Do you, do you think the Americans are more of a threat to world peace than the Russians are at the moment?
7: Okay. Were the first to drop uh, nuclear weapons, and an experiment to see what it would do to people. They dropped chemical weapons in, in Vietnam, and what what their their. Uh depleted uranium bombs here, there and everywhere. Americans want to be isolationists. And you, and you mean, say that... Staying in your own country and leaving everybody else in
0: peace. And you say that despite what's happened in Salisbury in recent weeks to the Skripal, father well, and what daughter?
7: Happened, what happened to the Skripals has not been proved. Mrs May said it was a, it was likely this happened, it was probable that happened. There is no proof. Who killed David Kelly?
0: that. I've been Mrs May and I have cohorts. Well, I'm, I, I, think, no, I th- think, th- they think we're going up a bit of a, a cul-de-sac on that one, but let me bring Peter back and I will come back to you, Margaret, rest assured. Peter, you've heard Margaret's point about reservations, strong reservations about the Americans, allegations of hypocrisy that Mrs May should have gone to Parliament. What do you say to Margaret?
6: Yeah, um, I think uh, there was criticism of the Americans dropping Agent Orange mm. um, in the in the 70s. Um, I don't, uh, and uh, certainly, I think probably um, there was less, an awful lot less knowledge about what Agent Orange was and the and the effects of dioxin at that time. Um, I don't know whether mm. it would have changed the way. I mean, it was done because it was a herbicide, and they were trying to uh, reduce the amount of cover from, that the opposition enjoyed from it. That was the the reason why it wasn't done as a chemical attack um, in the same way that chemical weapons that have been developed around that ever since.
0: What of the wider point about consulting Parliament, which was the other point that Margaret was very keen to get across, uh, she cannot understand why Theresa May has not gone to Parliament and said, is it okay to do this?
6: Well, um, I think that's one that we will only find out on Monday um, when she does address Parliament. um, and, And I would imagine that she will... Say that the intelligence was good.
0: And actually, on that, Margaret, I mean, we are we are told that the prime minister is going to address Parliament on Monday. What do you want to hear from her at that
7: point? Well, if she was going to address Parliament on Monday, why did she uh, attack uh, Syria this morning? How dare uh, she do this without the without the say so of Parliament and the the people? She's put the, she's put us at, at risk now of threats from from Russia.
0: And that's that's your serious fear now, is it?
7: Yes, oh, I mean, she has no right to do that. What she's done, Tony Blair of the the and George Tony Blair Blair was George Bush's poodle. Theresa May is Donald Trump's lapdog.
0: Thank you both very much for your contributions, Peter uh, and Margaret. It's uh, 2.32 and you're listening to an especially extended edition of Any Answers here on Radio 4 in response to overnight events in Syria. And just to say that if you've just tuned in for the afternoon drama, uh, The Kraken Wakes, uh, rest assured, uh, that will be with you. But it's being postponed until just after the 3 o'clock news, so stay tuned for that. Lots more comments via Twitter. Um, isn't it suspicious, says Stephen, they bomb the evidence just hours before the inspectors arrive. That's a, a reference to those... Those chemical weapons inspectors who are due into the the scene of the alleged chemical attack, I think, in the next 24 hours or so. The moral high ground is with Russia and Assad, he says. Uh, The bombing will certainly get rave reviews from the right-wing media, says John Dalton. Um, uh, Theresa May has to appease. When has there ever been a time in history that the UK has intervened in the Middle East and it's ended well, says Janet Snell. Um, The problem is that Assad is the lesser of two evils, writes Zero. If Assad is overthrown, then ISIL's influence in Syria will grow. Perry Hodson's in Gloucestershire. Perry, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Tell me about your experience in this particular part of the world.
8: Well, it's a little ways away. It's in Afghanistan. And really the experience of uh, first world technology, high-order bombing from Russians... Uh, in Afghanistan, but uh, it illustrates really the ignorance of a lot of the people who are giving directions on this, but they have no experience of the weaponry that they use. So there's quite a lot of hypocrisy in it, it seems to me. Uh,
0: and where is that hypocrisy most obvious in your mind?
8: Well, I think there's some hypocrisy with the gesture bombing that we've been seeing. Um, There have been 87 chemical attacks previous. Uh, What was the urgency? I'm all in favour for some kind of red line, but really and truly is there much difference between maybe quarter of an hour drowning in one's own fluids and perhaps the little chap in Iraq who lost all his limbs and one has to assume is still alive.
0: And as far as you're concerned, and the line is not great, Perry, so I'm not going to continue the conversation for a great deal longer, but your phrase, Sorry. gesture bombing, will, will stick with people, that, that's what you think this is, is it?
8: Well, I think it's extremely important to make it clear to everyone that certain kinds of warfare, if not warfare itself, is uh, a bit obsolescent. It's Stone Age stuff. The technology has moved on. And we really need to think about things and discuss them without these sort of useless outshakes.
0: Okay, Um, Perry, thank you very much. Uh, Apologies for the quality of Perry's line, but hopefully you got uh, the sense of what he'd experienced in Afghanistan and therefore what he was offering by way of an opinion on last night's events. If May had gone to discuss the matter of an attack on Syrian chemical weapon sites in Parliament on Monday, says Roz, I believe that she would have been voted down Therefore, it was imperative to her and her cabinet that she went ahead before a parliamentary discussion as she had most probably made up her mind to side with Donald Trump. Uh, Kevin Foster, though, says, for the first time in my life, I'm considering voting Conservative. At last, a Prime Minister with some bottle. Hooray for May. David Briggs is in uh, Kingston-on-Saw on on the Nottinghamshire-Leicestershire border. David, good afternoon.
9: Good afternoon, Julian. A point
0: about Russia, I think, and what's going on on the UN Security Council.
9: Yeah, I mean, my point really is about the role of the United Nations in, in this matter. Um, I mean, if we're honest, most of us don't fully understand the the, the complexities of, of the conflict in Syria. Uh, it, it seems to be war on war, a multi-layered set of conflicts. One of your earlier callers alluded to this. Hmm. Now, happening at the same time, broadly in the same place. I mean, the causes and the history, it, it's certainly too complex for an ordinary guy like me to fully grasp. But... Having said that, it seems to me that at times like this the, the the average person in the street, like me, should see the United Nations and particularly the um, the United Nations Security Council as having um, a, a unique esteem, if you like, or purpose that we can expect to rise above and beyond these individual national tribal political attitudes that, that lead to these serious conflicts mm-hmm. um, now. One, one of the, the the panel on any questions uh, last evening pointed out that there have been many failures over the years uh, with the UN, but the UN isn't there for fun, for its members to, to block its own function and its own purpose at, at will. There's a serious matter here of, of what, what example is being set to future generations over their own security when it comes to world affairs. And when we see a permanent member of that Security Council actively preventing that very body from um, doing what it was established to do in effect. The purpose of the UN itself is is brought into question.
0: And that's uh, clearly in your mind at this point is the way the Russians have used the veto over uh, issues relating to Syria.
9: Indeed I mean in the case of Syria Hmm. we have that uh, member state Russia uh, constantly using the veto to prevent the very laws that they themselves help to establish through the United Nations. But you know the uh, problem with
0: that argument is that there'll be plenty of people listening to you who might point to occasions when the US maybe has used its veto in its own interests. Maybe, maybe heaven forfend, the UK has as well. Absolutely, so where, do, where does indeed. that take
9: us? Indeed. And, and really, uh, th- that makes the point um, superbly. Right. The, United Nation, the United Nations exists to, to uphold international law in these circumstances. In which case
0: the rules are wrong.
9: Indeed, uh, you, you, quite, quite likely so. Um, I mean, on matters of such gravity, uh, cherry-picking the national preferences should be left at the door. I mean, unthinkable as it may seem, Julian, it, it seems to an ordinary guy like me that perhaps it's the time now to either redefine the purpose of the UN, and particularly the, the Security Council, so that it can actually do what it's there to do, or um, politely invite, in this case, Russia to leave the Security Council. But, I mean, when a member of a club trashes the very principles of that club, their useful membership is, is questionable. Uh,
0: I'm interested to see how you could portray the, the process whereby you politely invite Russia to leave the Security Council. I'm not quite sure how that would... Um pan out david
9: i don't know how polite you could be in a situation like that but i mean <laughs> but without being too flippant no, the, no, the un exists point. to protect human rights in yeah. in relation to international the, law the, the trouble
0: is it's the only body we've got isn't it so you've somehow people have got to make it work and even those who at the moment don't seem to be wanting to make it work and as i say that view has changed over many decades it might be another country that's having the finger pointed at it for other reasons on another occasion it, it's got to be made to work somehow
9: it absolutely has to be made to work to, to work somehow uh, and as I just mentioned here it, it whatever's happening there it's it's not functioning um, it's dysfunctional in so many ways um, and this is just the latest example here the UN exists to protect those human rights in relation to international law and if you sign up to that as a member uh, particularly as a member a permanent member of the Security Council as as, um, as Russia is then it follows that when, when decisions are routinely vetoed over matters of, of such gravity, such as the use of chemi- chemical weapons, then there's no decisions that can actually be carried out.
0: OK. David, thank you very much for making those points. If you want to add to the thoughts about the United Nations role in all this, um, by all means, give us a call, 03700 Some more tweets. Theresa May is concerned with Syria's civilians, says X-ray vision, but not... The civilians down the road in Yemen, it seems, and there were several references during any questions to the arming of Saudi Arabia and events in Yemen. Um, Alison says, My reaction this morning was, how dare she? A prime minister with no majority taking military action without consulting parliament. Uh, They haven't bombed the scene of the chemical weapons attack, so no evidence has been destroyed, uh, writes a a further Twitter contributor. I think that was in response to a tweet I read out earlier on. Um, John Nelson says, ISIS could produce a fake gas attack video at any moment and probably have a whole stock ready-made. They are very good at videos, and if they can even get children to shoot their own mothers, willing child actors are no problem. Brendan O'Brien's in London. Hello, Brendan. Hello. Uh, You've been following this issue very closely, I'm reading here.
10: Yes, I have, Yeah. yep.
0: Uh, And what is your conclusion then as a result of uh, the action overnight?
10: Well, some of the things I wanted to say have been touched on. Sure. Uh, I would like to go back to the United Nations. Uh, The previous speaker said something to the effect that it's so complicated we don't know what's going on. Uh, Now, as regards the United Nations, uh, I believe we do not know what's going on, partly because it's reported in a very shallow and simplified way. Just recently... uh, it said Russia blocked any attempt to look into this uh, possible atrocity in Syria. Mm. Russia actually put forward a motion of their own. Uh, going back a bit, uh, Russia's agreed with uh, a motion on Libya and then had to stand on the sidelines as the country was destroyed in a way that probably went beyond what was allowed by the U.N., uh, but they got a green light and then went on and destroyed the uh, uh, Gaddafi government. Mm. Uh, it's the the America has made the UN virtually irrelevant as far as attempts to get justice for the Palestinian. people. Well,
0: I, I suppose you illustrate you illustrate the point to an extent that I was discussing with David a moment ago uh, that you can point the finger at the way the United Nations works um, with. Each specific country in mind when they do something that doesn't necessarily match with your viewpoint.
10: Yes, but you need to look at what actually happens. If you look at it, the detail we don't get detail of, of no. the motions, and at the other motion I means you don't. We don't barely are told that Russia actually did put forward a motion for looking into it, mm. and previously similar things have happened. I suspect. When America tries to put a wording into the motion, they try also to put in wording that allows them to take military action if the motion succeeds. Russia said they put up motions which they know will not be accepted. Mm.
0: The desire, though, here, clearly, is to have some sort of genuinely independent examination of what's happened, but it's almost impossible to imagine a situation where one side would agree with the other on the definition of independence.
10: We could agree on independence. You think? A few days ago, the Russian ambassador said uh, Syria and Russia would guarantee safety for the OPCW inspectors to go in. Why didn't they go in a few days ago? Maybe there was a good reason, but we're not even told about that.
0: No, we don't know the answer to that and many other things besides. Thank you, Brendan. Ahmed Boston's in West Midlands. Uh, Ahmed, good afternoon.
10: Good afternoon, Julian.
0: Uh, I'm reading here you think the Prime Minister's been premature here.
11: I believe so. I've worked in the counter-terrorism and counter-extremism field over many years, both in terms of sitting on national boards and also on the ground working with young people at risk of radicalization. And I'm concerned that the action taken by the Prime Minister last night in the absence of a parliamentary vote, or even as your previous caller said, any investigations concluding as to the nature, of and the presence of chemical weapons, could actually give these very extremist groups the ammunition that they need to brainwash and radicalise people here in the UK that could lead to a threat to our national security. It's interesting that one of your uh, participants, I think, on Twitter... Mm -hmm. Said that the prime minister could only act in this way if we faced a threat to our national security, and in fact, I think the action of the prime minister last night has actually posed that threat potentially. Uh, why, why, why do you
0: why do you make that link? I mean, it's quite a big leap, isn't it, for people to see what the prime minister has herself described as limited and targeted strikes on chemical facilities. It's not as if they're they're aiming at at any, well, they're not aiming at any people at all, they will say. Um, So why should it lead to the conclusion that you've arrived at? Well, I think you
11: only have to look at various things. So, for example, President Donald Trump's tweet today, which says, job done. It shows that there isn't, like in Iraq, Julian, there isn't a plan of what happens next. Ah, well, yes, I
0: I wanted to get onto that. So what should happen next, do you say?
11: Well, I think that what we need to do is really examine how America, Britain and Russia can come together and deal with this around the table of dialogue because unfortunately all we see in the case of Syria is a number of civilians losing their lives, increasing and let's not forget Julian, significantly, the last time we intervened in Syria in providing resources to groups that later became Daesh and Al-Qaeda that evidence is there before us, so I think we need to be very very careful and worried about the volatile situation in which the world is, uh, is now in, in-,
12: in- growth.
0: Okay, Ahmed, thank you very much. A um, more emails, one on either side. Caroline Davies in Welshpool, having listened this morning to the measured, intelligent words of the Prime Minister on this, and then the interview with the Defence Secretary on the Today programme. I must say I was impressed. I feel they made the, quote, best Decision, and I say that as a Labour voter, born and bred. This is because we elect our government to make these decisions as they have the briefing of experts. Uh, She says such issues are not suitable for a parliamentary vote because the opposition tend to oppose and all the MPs have not seen all of the briefing. Uh, Jory says the history of modern Syria and the Assad family shows a lack of concern for human life and an attitude towards opponents and innocent Syrians that is unlikely to change because of a few missiles fired by Trump and his allies. Likewise, Russia and its predecessor, the USSR, which have supported the Assad regime for decades, aren't going to desert it now. Uh, Jory concludes our intervention is as useless as it is dangerous. Uh, Fadi is in Greater London. Also, I think, Syrian, Fadi, uh, like an, an earlier caller. What do you want to say?
13: I am... Um... I just wanted to, there are loads of points to cover, but I think it's completely wrong, first of all, to say that the majority of Syrians do not support Assad. I'm afraid they do, and the reason they support Assad now is because of the way we've been behaving and that we've supported him, and because you've got a country that feels under threat, and it feels as though it's going to be dismembered. And as soon as you get that, that's the reaction you're going to get, because the Americans, under the guise of attacking ISIS over a long period of time, were actually... Uh, bombing a lot of the bridges that crossed the Euphrates at the time. And then what that allowed was, of course, for them to have their little own enclave there on the eastern side of Syria. All the other protagonists have been getting involved in Syria, including the Iranians, including, Shibala, including mm. the Turks and everybody else and the Russians. And what's happened is that the Syrians themselves feel under attack. So what they do is they galvanise around the only authority that they've got, which as far as they're concerned, is a legitimate government in the guise of Assad. And that is why their fear and this stoked up by the fact that there's Iraq and there's Libya and there's Afghanistan, all these failed states and Yemen. And they look around them and they think, well, thank you very much. We want to actually have our lives back together again. It was one of the most safest countries um, in in the Middle East at the time uh, over the last 30, 40 years. Can I just finish a few points? Uh, Can I I just
0: ask you one thing? uh, Because I'm I'm interested in your analysis. I'm I'm very interested in what you're saying, but I just wanted to take you back to when the uprising first began, because I think it's interesting in the context of what you've just said, because at that point it was, uh, of course, it was very, very serious, but it was a matter of a group of people who didn't feel that that country was in any way democratic, taking to the streets to say to the government, it's about time you gave us some more freedom. Now, that's
13: how it it began, isn't it? You're absolutely right. And then it got ever
0: more complicated.
13: It did become more complicated. as People were getting involved. Other actors were getting involved. At the beginning, and Assad has made it clear, he's not his father. And we really don't understand the way that Syria works. This is the problem. When you look at it from here... Nobody gets it. Assad did not say he was going to stay in power forever. He wanted democracy brought to Syria. At the time, Tony Blair went to meet him and was being lectured in both directions. Mm. And Assad felt, well, hold on, what's going on here? Who the hell do you think you are telling me I've got 5,000, 10,000 years worth of history? You've got a few, a few you know, a thousand years or so. Yeah, but hold
0: on a minute. If he wanted to move to democracy, why did he take the action he did when, the, when those small groups of people took to the streets well, and started demonstrating?
13: that's the complication. When he did actually move to democracy, what then happened was there was a small insurgence that was was happening in the country. He is not in control of the whole country. He's just one element of it. And there are other elements, including the Alawites, but others Mm. who said, no, you can't carry on down this line. You must tighten up. He then began to tighten up. And that's when he got a backlash. And that's the problem that he was trying to, but he was stopped. Can I just cover a few other very quick points? Can I
0: can I just ask you okay. to cover just one more, because there are so many others who want to get in? OK. One more.
13: Well, I, I, OK, for me, I thought you wanted to... Um, we have prolonged this war. We as the Brits have prolonged it. It's our fault uh, um, with, the, with the West generally, because, and this is something that Sir John uh, Sawyer said a few days ago, I think mm. it was on the Today programme, we were helping the insurgents over a period of time, And our error is that we thought that we were going to get rid of that very very quickly. And unfortunately, we thought it was going to be three or four months and he'd be gone. He didn't go. And this is one of the problems that we are now facing. You've galvanized the country. Up to protect I do and appreciate
0: like the... I appreciate your brevity and my apologies for restricting you to a, a number of points rather than all the ones you wanted to make. Uh, but there are others you want to get in. Uh, a couple of emails. Frank says we should remember that the USA proudly declared mission accomplished after destroying Iraq. Trump's declaration of that same boast must be treated with the same disbelief. Uh, Parliament should have been recalled, says Roger. No excuses. And there's a UN resolution. Needed. Um, we've got about seven or eight minutes to go. I want to try and squeeze a few more in, of if if I can. Karen King is the first of those in Devon. Hello, Karen.
14: Hello, yeah. hi.
0: Your point here.
14: Right, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you to the previous speaker. Wonderful. What he said was wonderful. Fadi, yeah. I, I feel that um, when we went in to fight ISIS, that was one thing. ISIS was, was targeting us. Yep. Um But... Now, we should just leave it. We should just leave it be. My, uh, um, May is completely in the wrong to have done this strike. Um,
0: leave it, despite the use of chemical weapons.
14: Well, we don't know that chemical weapons were used. As, as uh, you know, I've watched a lot of the news lately. They always repeat. The same pictures: a few children being doused by by water. It was more than crying. a few, Karen.
0: To be fair, wasn't it?
14: Uh, no, there's there, actually it's about seven or eight in the room. Um, we don't get any sort of uh, pictures of mass, uh, hundreds of people in the street or, or grown-ups being. Uh, so, so basically, I, I have a distrust of those pictures okay. to begin with. Fair but enough. my main point is. But previously, it was, um, as, that, as that previous speaker said, um, you know, it was a, there was a, re- a rebellion against Assad. Hmm. If we had left it be, that would have been it. It would have been in that country. It would have been worked out. But somehow, because the West interfered, then uh, I think that actually initiated the whole ISIS Okay. Uh, you know, against the infidel. OK, Karen, thank you.
0: thank you for the oh. point. Uh, apologies for, for moving it on, but I'm, I've got lines flashing in front of me and five minutes to go. Will Petrie in Perth. Go ahead, Will, and keep it brief if you would.
15: I will. Um, so far, listening to your programme, I haven't heard anyone who's been against these strikes actually say what should be done if someone uses chemical weapons. They've either said, well, I don't really believe they have or they said we should go to Parliament and have a debate. Fine. But what should be the outcome of action, and and no one said it. N- not one person against these strikes has actually said what should be done mm. with the use of chemical weapons.
12: Mm. Um,
15: but, everyone who, who's been for it has quite clearly said it. You know, it, it's a crime against humanity. It's contrary to um, uh, the Geneva Convention, and you know we need to take action. But right, but but the
10: trouble
0: with anti- the trouble with that argument though is it is surely that if a targeted strike has been tried in the past and it has, and he's used them again, it hasn't worked.
15: Um, well, it might, it, might, it might have caused a hiatus between them. You don't know. But, I mean, what is the point is, what other action are you proposing? Fine, if, that, if that's an argument, then have it. But, but say, what is the alternative? Because none of them have. They just said, we go to Parliament, or I don't like Donald Trump. Um, they haven't actually proposed an action. OK. Uh, replacement
16: for what's been done.
0: You've made your point. Thank you, Will. Dr Khan's in Aberdeen. Good afternoon, uh, Dr Khan. Uh, your point on this one?
16: Yes the most of people have made the points uh, I was going to make especially the lady from Scotland mm-hmm. the point I have want to make which no one else has touched upon is what benefit do I or my children or the community I serve in Aberdeen for example what benefit do we derive from this aggression that Mrs May has sanctioned without any parliamentary discussion
0: Well I suspect she would argue Um, that there has been an element of deterrence issued here and that it will make him less likely to do it again if he did it the first time around?
16: Well, to respond to that, she makes that defence, is we are, in fact, does she realise, helping the Jaisal Islam, who are the people in Gauta who are uh, opposed to Assad and who, in fact, Assad has now overcome... So has, any, has she looked at the consequences? The reason I ask what benefit mm. to me and to my children is has she considered the possible risks of future terrorist attacks as a consequence of us well, bombing a Muslim country yet again 4,000 miles away?
0: Maybe she will be asked that question in Parliament on Monday when we're told she's going to address Members of Parliament. Thank you for that. Chris Stone's in Norway. Uh, Chris, good afternoon.
12: Good
0: afternoon. Uh, what are your points? I think you served in the UN as a soldier, is that right?
12: I did, yes, uh, in Cyprus.
0: Uh, and uh, how was that experience in terms of the the impact you felt you could have as you served?
12: Well, I felt very much like a referee on a pitch with no whistle and, uh, you know, no no power really to to intervene in an effective way to actually uh, to, to help people. And I just feel that on a larger scale, the UN has just become a... So the a giant debating society where they pass resolutions and condemn people, but they don't seem to have the teeth to actually, or the commitment or the will to actually intervene in a meaningful way. Um, largely because of the power of veto, I think it may, possibly it's time to actually look at the United Nations, which I think is a very good thing in principle, but having a look at this constitution again to give it, uh, to give it, More teeth to intervene effectively Uh, in a humanitarian way.
0: Let me read you this tweet. Uh, lady of letters says, I quite agree with the need to change UN rules. It clearly isn't playing its role as the world police officer very well, and it's crucial that there is commonly agreed action. So let's try to understand the UN better and reform it. But how can you reform it when, certainly at the moment, you've got elements of it that are so diametrically opposed to each other?
12: Uh, well, I think, and, uh, you know, I'm very much an amateur historian. That they <laughs> sure, aren't that we a, all? An, an, a, <laughs> an attack on one would be co- as considered as an attack on everybody. Uh, I think I'm correct in saying that. But m- my main point is is that it's no use debating and uh, you know, passing resolutions of condemnation if you're not able or willing to do anything about it. Mm. And the reason I think that happens is for the very reasons you just said it's an unwieldy organization and and needs to be looked at again. In answer to your question, I don't know how you do it. But <laughs> I, certainly, I certainly think it needs to be looked at.
0: Okay. Um, Chris, it's always good to end the programme with somebody who says, I don't know how you do it, because I suspect um you and I are in the same camp as as far as that's concerned. Um Thank you all very much indeed for your contributions and uh, for making this extended. Uh, Any answers pass by with such speed because so many of you have wanted to have your say on overnight events. Um, The afternoon drama will follow, the three o'clock news, rest assured. And next week, any questions will be in Bridlington in Yorkshire with the Archbishop of York among those on the panel. Have a good afternoon. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Any Answers. Don't forget, if you want to hear any questions or you'd like to invite the programme to your venue then please go to the BBC Radio 4 website and search for any questions. I'm Julian Warricker. Thank you for listening.